This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Welcome to episode 27 of 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. It is, well, I don't know what it is. It is Sunday. Um, I went biking for an hour at the beach. Um, the weather was pretty good, maybe 55 degrees and only partly sunny or partly cloudy, depending. Lots of waves, lots of surfers. And I uh, biked for an hour, came home, took a shower, washed my hair. It's so exciting here uh, in Southern California. I, okay. I think I may have said this before, but I do have a very, very strong belief that all answers to life can be found in a book. And I have been reading a lot of nonfiction books, self-help books, uh, books about, I guess, psychology um, in the last couple of years looking for the answer. And I feel like this week I finally found it. I may close all my books and go do something else with my life. Um, The book I read this week is something called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distance, Rejecting and Self-Involved Parents. It's a clumsy title. Oh my gosh. Um, In romance, nowhere would there be such a clumsy title. It would be like, woman who has a secret baby finds out that guy who she didn't trust really loves her. Could you imagine? Anyway, that may be the plot of the book that just released called, uh, I think maybe him. So I should know that better too. It's amazing what I can't remember. I, um, I don't even know how I came upon this book. You know, I'm constantly looking. So whether it's the library recommendation, Amazon recommendation, or some other like book, uh, bibliography, and notes, footnotes, something. Um, I came upon this book and I started reading and I was like, oh my God, I have to stop everything that I'm doing. Put it down. No eating, no drinking, no writing, no parenting. I have to read this book. Um, actually, that's not true. What ended up happening is I only got to it this weekend because I had other things to do always. Um, but I, okay, so there's two things that sort of happened this week, but this book really talks a lot about, and that's much parents, because that's part of the thing, you know, if you have emotionally mature parents or parents who are self-involved or parents who can't love you in a way that children need to be mirrored and loved and cared for, then you, as the child, um, obviously becoming an adult, you know, have all these sort of problems, issues, whatever that you have to deal with. 
I get it. I mean, you know, my childhood wasn't great, and uh, therefore I am the way I am. And the skills that you use to survive your childhood are apparently not the same skills that you use in adulthood. Who knew? I wish somebody had told me. When I was 18, I would have changed my skill set. But what I think the book really touched on is emotionally immature people and how they behave. And it was a little bit of an epiphany because... I, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of descriptions that people use for men in particular who are not uh, self-actualized, let's put it that way. And, you know, there's all the way from like the sort of women on Reddit who are like, don't date low value men to he's commitment phobic or, you know, um, Melissa Ledger, he's a gumball guy, he's attention seeking. Um, we could, I mean, there's like a thousand sort of ways to describe it, but I think the fundamental issue is that a lot of the men, at least the ones I, 90% of the ones I met, especially in this book are, um, just emotionally immature. Like they just don't have the wherewithal to be present, not only for a relationship, but for themselves. And... I was thinking about it, um, the guy that I need to break up with, and no, I still haven't done it, you know, whatever. Um, I was thinking about it this week because that's sort of the issue. Like, I was, like, we were talking, he and I were talking about who knows what, parenting, parking, like, any number of things that were just, you know, just chat, chit, chat. It wasn't deep conversation. It, not all, it isn't always, but usually is. But we were just sort of chit-chatting. And um, I think I, he said something. I don't even know what he said. There's something about like getting parking tickets. And I was like, are you a scofflaw? Like, you know, you know, what is going on? Because I don't know, whatever. And I was like, I think you don't have it together. Like, I think that in addition to, I think, what your emotional immaturity issues are, which you've always said, so it's not as if he's like, I'm, it's new. But also, he doesn't, like, personally have it together, you know? And by have it together, I mean, like, you know, you pay rent on time and you try to, like, you know, <laughs> not get parking tickets regularly and, you know, you arrange your life so that you don't constantly have problems. And I, I don't know if I ever thought about it. And I looked at him and I, I was like, oh, I think you don't have it together. And I'd never thought about it. But he often says to me in sort of subtle ways, some of which kind of were digs, that I really have it together. And I never understood what he was talking about. I'm like, yeah, of course I have it together. Like I get up every day and I want the lights on and I want heat when I want heat and air conditioning when I want air conditioning and gas in my car and I want my car to run and I want my kid to be enrolled in school on a regular basis. And, you know, I buy plane tickets so I can travel. And, you know, I don't know, like I don't have debt. Like there are a lot of things that are important to me and... Therefore, I put them in place. And, you know, what's important to me is not important to everybody else. I think it's really important every day that my socks match. I just ordered, like, five pair so that I can ensure sock matching. But, like, you know, that's my thing. It's not 
something I think is everybody's thing. So whatever it is for any person to be together, whatever it is for them, then I think they should do that. I mean, you see these women with like hair and nails and stuff and you're like, wow, they have it together in the sense of like how they look and put themselves together personally. I don't have it. I have hair extensions and that's it. I can't, the rest of it, I don't own makeup. I haven't worn makeup since I was like 13, like for like two days um, when I wore too much eyeliner. Um, So in some ways I don't have it together and I'm not interested in those things, um, getting it together in that way. So it was really sort of interesting to sort of like look at him and look at all of these men and realize they didn't have it together. But the other thing that I realized that I'm really sort of slightly horrified about was my lack of knowledge of my own agency. For some reason that I'm going to have to think about, I did not think that I could ask for what I want or ding them for behavior that I thought was unacceptable. And, you know, so the guy now, um, I really like him. He likes me less. He has said it's fine or it's not fine. It is what it is. But part of the issue that I've had is that I had to create this whole box in which to like even be in this relationship. So I'm like, I like you a lot. You could disregard me at any time. I don't matter to you, whatever. So that's its own like mind fucking clearly. Like that is not healthy and I know that. And so that's one issue. But part of that is I had to create all of these rules around my um, interactions with him. So like I created this rule, like I don't text him. Like I don't text him first ever. Um, And that seemed like a boundary so that that I created or a rule that I created in my head so that I wasn't left on red, as people say. Like I wasn't texting him and then he waits like a day or two or whatever to get back to me. Uh, and he's usually actually not that bad, but um, he has his moments. And so I was like, so if I don't text him first, did I eliminate that problem? But what it did, or I don't talk to him about how I feel. So I eliminated that problem. So I don't have to hear back from him. My feelings are not, your feelings, sorry, your feelings are not reciprocated um, <laughs> to my face, you know, constantly. I don't even know why. So, but I create all these rules. But what that left me with was then we only spend time together when he wants, because like I, you know, it was too hurtful or to, I don't know what, to like, you know, call him, text him, whatever, and be like, let's spend time together. And he's like, I'm too busy, you know, like plucking my eyebrows, whatever the fuck he does. And it's not like, it's not, he's not a world leader or a billionaire. Okay. So he's got time. And I had to sort of sit with that. Like, so like over even the last few weeks, like, He's like, let's get together. And I know him well enough to know that when he says, let's get together, and he's in A, the mood, like mood one, it's not going to happen. And he's just saying it because he feels like he needs to say it because I'm looking him in the face. Or if he's in mood two, he will like get back to me like in 10 minutes, you know, and be like, can we meet, you know, this day or whatever, this time or whatever. But all what I had given up is any power. So I could only spend time with him on his terms. And it was, it was, is, was, I don't know, we'll say driving me 
crazy because like I sometimes would like to spend time with him and then I had to wait to see if he wanted to spend time with me and just sit here you know sit just sit and wait and not have any feeling about the outcome or whatever fucking woo woo and I like woke up two days ago and I thought how did I give my power away like that like how am I trying to conduct not even trying to conducting in a relationship of sorts where I can't say anything about when we see each other I can't tell you how I feel I have to like you know mask my feelings so as not to make you uncomfortable or whatever and it's crazy like that is like literally so freaking nuts and I don't plan to do it anymore because it's a really uncomfortable place to be I mean I'm gonna be honest like in the last I don't know few months I only texted him twice once because he asked me something specific and I said I don't know the answer I'll go look it up and then I'll text you and once when I was in my little spiral and I was like, oh, you said we're going to see each other this weekend. And I knew that the way he said it, he didn't mean it. And he texted me back, oh, I'm busy doing some, you know, work and I will get back to you or whatever. And he eventually did. And that, but it was such like a, here, I'm going to put out my desire to see you and you're going to say like, no, I swear to God, like 60, 70% of the time. Whereas when he says he wants to see me, unless I am like, well, you know, doing something, which I'm you know, doing the pandemic, no, um, I always say yes. And so it's just, um, actually, I did say no the other day because um, I had a child and he knew that and whatever. I'm still kind of mad about that. But like, I am done. Like, I am done giving him an agency. I gave him an agency to classic car guy. Like, He's like, I'm too busy looking at cars or doing whatever the fuck he was doing. Like, I never could figure that out. And I was like, okay, well, I'll see you when I see you. And who, oh my God, like, how have you become this person who just has to wait for somebody to, like, get their, like, magic wand out or their, I don't know, scepter or whatever, and, like, wave it and go, today, Jolie? we will give you attention, you know? And then I'm like, yay. I mean, that's ridiculous. And it's self-defeating and it makes me feel pretty awful inside that I have to sort of just sit around and wait for somebody to think, oh, today, Joel, you're good enough to hang out with. So but that book, I don't even know what it was about the book that sort of like gave me this epiphany that I don't have to live that way. And so I will have, I don't know, in a week or so, maybe when I get it together, um, I have other stuff to do, like finish books and stuff, but I will probably have to have this, the conversation with this guy where I'm like, this is what's going on with me. These are the parameters I put around it. This is not working for me. You know, so I haven't gotten to the second part, which is either I ask for what I want and he says no, which we've already been down that road, which is why I am where I am. Or... I say then because because this dynamic doesn't work for me, then this relationship doesn't work for me. And we need to close this door like once and for all, like close the door, twist the locks, throw away the key. Um, and I haven't decided on the second part, but I'm going to say the first part because I'm so tired of like sitting mute 
waiting for somebody to like deign to give me attention. It is just so, I don't know. It's not, it's the opposite of like strength and I don't know, whatever. It's an opposite of a lot of things that I want to be. And I think I am no longer interested in occupying that space. It was an interesting little space to occupy for 20 something years, but I'm done with that. So that said, let's get on to chapter. Chapter 26, The Breakup, June 4. After gathering all of my courage and working this out in the notes app on my phone, I sent the following text to Classic Car Guy at 7.28 a.m. in the morning. Me. Writing this over text is the last thing I want to do, but maybe the easiest. Hard things should always be said in person. Unfortunately, I don't see us getting that chance. I want to make your life easier, not harder. I'm not sure I'm doing that. You're a lovely and delightful person. I'm so glad to have met you, especially at this time when my life has been in the middle of so many big changes. I think it's best if we stop seeing each other. Although, to be honest, I guess you have already made that decision. We just haven't talked about it. I do hope that your upcoming move goes well and that you have the time and opportunity to reconnect with your beautiful children. Wishing you a great summer ahead as well. XO Jolie. Yes, I'll agree that breaking up with a guy via text wasn't ideal. May have even been tacky. But how had Classic Car Guy left me with any real choice? Our relationship can be summed up with three kinds of text exchanges. Number one, me, let's make a plan. Him, sends hot photo doesn't make a plan. Number two, me, are we getting together this weekend? Him, yes, let me run an errand and get back to you in a couple of hours. Him, radio silence for three days. Or, as Monty Hall would have said, number three, him, hey sweetheart, I can't wait to spend the weekend with you, go dancing with you, eat out with you, go to Mexico with you. Me, yes, yes, and yes. Him, radio silence for three or more days. None of these scenarios ended up with me getting what I wanted, a relationship with him, time with him, intimacy with him, sex with him. Him. By June, after all of those scenarios had played themselves out more times than I could count, I was more interested in saving my sanity than seeing him in person. So I sent that text. Then I went out for a full day retreat with some fellow romance authors and dear friends who helped keep me sane in my writing and personal life. Five and a half hours later, while we were in the middle of discussing writing, marketing, and the obstacles holding us back from greater success, my iPhone trilled with his special ringtone, iPhone's descent, if you're wondering. The one I sometimes heard in my sleep while I was waiting for him to show up, but it was always a dream. Classic car. Actually, I'm sorry you feel that way. There's a lot of drama going on, actually. Didn't feel that you should be dealing with any of it. I'm sorry to have bothered. Seriously, I thought. That was his response. The guy who said he'd had no drama now had drama, but was sorry to have bothered me. I never thought I was a people pleaser, but some for some reason, I didn't want him to feel bad, even though he'd made me feel bad every single day he had promised to see me and didn't show. So I sent another message the next morning at seven. Yes, I know this wasn't good or sane, but I couldn't help myself. Me. Probably my biggest flaws are that I talk too much, and I don't know when to stop talking. For some reason, I really don't want you to misunderstand me, which is why I'm sending this text when I really need to make breakfast for that kid and should really put down this phone. 
but see earlier be flaws. I'm really going to miss you fiercely. I already have. Honestly, I'm crying as I type this. I get that you have drama. That's not it. It's that I felt like you just shut me out. I try really hard to maintain a cool girl facade, and I think I'm good at it. But to be frank, it hurt a lot when you went silent. I'm mature enough not to take it too personally, but at some point, it's hard to wait and hope and wait and then realize that you're just not going to be there. I never wanted to feel like I was pestering you because I never wanted to be something else on your to-do list. But it got too hard for me to have all these feelings for you, and I don't know. I think I'm writing this because we both had, have, the crazy mom problem, and I don't want you to feel minimized or unseen or whatever. But I think I don't want to feel that way either, and that's what happened. From him, no response. Though the red receipt popped up instantly. Of course he wasn't going to respond. What would he say to all of that? Sorry? In the true, genuine, apologetic way, wasn't in his vocabulary. I closed my phone, got my kid ready, took him to school, while making cheerful small talk about Minecraft or who the fuck knows what. Then I got home and cried. For three days. Not sure why I was so sad. I think I missed the idea of what could have been, not what was. Not being stood up and ignored and forgotten. One friend sat with me during a breakfast of oatmeal in the middle of one of those open plan restaurants as I cried. Another sat with me through dim sum where I'd had my date with the Aussie and watched me cry. She was kind enough to bring me peonies. I did spinning. I did yoga. I meditated. I cried. I had to have my friends keep me on the phone to keep me from texting. But I did it. I held fast even though I was crying the whole time. There is probably zero irony in the fact that that chapter 26 illustrates exactly what I was discussing, my lack of agency, my sitting around waiting for him to call, him to want to see me. And I kept putting out, I think they would be called like bids for affection or whatever it was like, hey, I like you. Would you like to see me? Hey, you know, whatever. And his answer was 90, well, maybe not 90% of the time, 75% of the time, no. But, you know, he kept stringing it along for whatever reason, because when he wanted the attention, he was willing to do it. Like, I don't honestly know. Like, I couldn't figure it out. I just can't. And, um, but I allowed that to go on. I allowed that to go on for like four or five months. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like, I believe that I deserve to be in a relationship with somebody who would actually like to see me and not in the obsessively crazy way that <laughs> that did come later, you know, with all like the love bombing craziness, not in that way, but like somebody who's like, Hey, it's Saturday. Do you want to go have breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. And we do that and then get on with our lives. And in theory, he would have one that did not involve a whole fuck ton of crazy drama. But like, I don't know, he got his car washed or worked on whatever his creative project was or, I don't know, raised his children or whatever it was that he did that was not crazy illegal, but was a normal person getting on with their whole life that they have that does not require me, um, but would like to have me from time to time. And if that's something I deserve, then I got to clear out 
the thing that doesn't honor who I am or what I think I should have. I just can't have any more equivocal men in my life who could take me or leave me um, because I can't take or leave me. And I get to spend all my time with me, all of my time. I've heard every single thing I've ever had to say. And I want somebody who's at least a little bit interested in all of this, all of this, the crazy, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not going to say it's like all like roses and sunshine, you know, but somebody who will be okay with my background, will be okay with me having a child, will be okay with me like disappearing in my head while characters are talking um before I go like right with being being okay with me like working out even if they don't but like I'm gonna get up well not every day well maybe post-pandemic it's looking good I'm get up every day and go spinning or do yoga or do whatever it is um or is okay with me going to plays or okay with me having lunch with my friends because I do love to have lunch with my friends and I want to do it some more or dinner with my friends, or all the stuff that I like to do that I would like to continue to do only with some companionship in my life of somebody who I can count on, you know, at the end of the day, um, or the beginning of the day, or whatever it is, but just somebody sort of who is there when all of this other stuff is done, and I have a quiet, like, moment in my head, and a quiet moment in my life, and we can spend that time together. So I'm not a person who believes in scarcity. They're probably out here probably walking right down the street now, walking their dog or something. But that's what I think I need. And I just have to ask for it. And the guy now, um, I believe like 99.9% is incapable of giving that, which is fine. He can go about his life doing whatever he does. And I will go about my life doing whatever it is that I do. But I might like to do it with somebody who would like to do it with me more than two hours, you know, every third Thursday. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.